0: Hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of Saying the Tone, an ER retrospective, the show where we do a chronological breakdown of every episode of our favorite TV medical drama. My name is Elizabeth, and with me today as always are Lauren. Hello. And Daniel. Hey. Today we'll be discussing Season 10, Episode 17, which is titled The Student. The episode aired on April 1st, 2004. Lauren, what was going that way 20 years ago?
1: Uh, The 76th Annual Academy Awards were dominated by The Lord of the Rings' Return of the King, where the film won all 11 awards it was nominated for, including Best Picture and also tying the record for most wins. Um, In NFL news, Indianapolis Colts quarterback Peyton Manning signs a then-record-breaking seven-year, $98 million deal. For reference, the current record holder is Kansas City Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes, who is in the midst of a 10-year, $450 million deal, tying him to the team until 2031. Daniel, any thoughts? (laughs) That's a lot of money. That's (laughs) that's my main thought. And now something just for me. Uh, WrestleMania 20 takes place at Madison Square Garden in New York City. The main event saw Chris Benoit defeat Triple H and Shawn Michaels in a triple threat match to win the World Heavyweight Championship. I do not think I've seen this match
0: and it's so bad
2: in retrospective. Yeah, it's yeah. It, it's a, the main event saw redacted. De- defeat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh it's that match itself is good and I would recommend going out of your way to mm-hmm. seek it out and and watch it, you know, just if for nothing else than like completionist sake. Yeah. Um and there's a few like good matches on that card. I mean, and it it's one of those things that like it was a great moment at the yeah. time. Because the show, right, it's extremely tainted. And if you don't yeah. know, if you don't know the Chris Benoit story, we're not going to go into it. But go nope. look it up. Um, the, the closing image of that show was him and Eddie Guerrero, oh. both both with the titles, like they each won their respective matches and they each oh. got their title wins, embracing, hugging and crying in the middle of the ring as confetti oh. rains down around them. And it was like one of the more iconic shots. (laughs) Yeah, it was it was this like watershed moment of like these two like workhorse guys who were always always considered to be second or third, you know, best through no lack of talent just Just because of their their size and their political positions. They were always considered to be like B plus guys. And they both were on top of the mountain. They had been traveling together for twenty plus years, like Mm. they were best of friends, and within three years they're both dead and with in Eddie's case within a year he's dead so it's it's just pretty insane you know and and the show itself is very like whatever like mm-hmm. it, especially to be the 20th one you would think it would have a little bit more like oomph to it mm-hmm. and bless them they try but like a lot of the big moments from that show just kind of fall flat especially with the benefit of hindsight yep. uh, there is a really really funny match uh <laughs> funny in like a train wreck kind of way between uh goldberg and brock lesnar where yeah. uh, they are both leaving the day after the show like they are uh, in lesnar's case going off to the nfl and in Goldberg's case, just off into the sunset, uh, and the crowd knows it, and the crowd turns on them like mere minutes into the okay, match. Okay, you like, said
1: Goldberg, and my brain went gold dust, and that was a completely different visual. Okay,
2: no, yeah, it's, so it's 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 these two you know big hoss motherfuckers just like bashing into each other, and the crowd does not give a shit like they are mm-hmm. shitting all over it and they're they're halfway th- but by, by like two or three minutes into the match they're just singing you know na 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 hey hey goodbye in the, the crowd <laughs> like it's so in that in, in a train wreck kind of way that one's worth watching but yeah it's a it's kind of a bloated show too it's like four gotcha. hours. it was I'll, it was one of the first really long WrestleManias
1: I'll have to see if the Attitude Era boys covered it and I'll just listen to them do it too I just realized I've been a patron of theirs for two years now Thank you, Daniel. This is all your fault. <laughs> I don't. I, I
2: don't didn't... think. I don't think they have, but it's it, it's out there. You can you can find plenty of coverage of it.
1: All right. With that being said, the Republic of Ireland becomes the first country in the world to ban smoking in all workplaces, including bars and restaurants. Just, uh, thought, Goog- just
0: thought that was cool.
1: <laughs> yep. Google does a surprise release of its email system, Gmail, on April Fool's Day prompting some tech news outlets to question whether Gmail was real or not. Yeah. <laughs> uh, new movies over the short break include Twisted, Hidalgo, Starsky and Hutch, Secret Window, I remember being obsessed with that movie, Dawn of the Dead, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, Lady hey. Killers, and uh, Jersey Girl. This week, though, Scooby-Doo 2 Monsters Unleashed debuts and takes the top spot at the box office, Jinkies. And the top song that to this day can still be heard at parties of all kinds. Yeah, by Usher featuring Ludacris and Little John becomes the number one song. Excuse Daniel- me.
0: Yeah, you, you
2: say it. Little John. Right. I was, I was going to say Little Elizabeth. John sounds so much more quaint.
1: Oh, do you guys really think I have that in me right now? <laughs> With that being said, Daniel, what else was on?
2: Does this mean that uh, so Scooby-Doo is the number one movie? Does this mean Linda Carlini is, is uh, in the number one movie in, in the country right now? And yes. Yeah. And uh, pulling double duty on ER. Good for her. And number one in Daniel's heart. Amen. Uh, the, what else was on this week at 8 p.m.? Friends uh, checking in with a rerun. You know, we're, we're coming to the – we are running on fumes on Friends. They are coming down to the very end. Uh, at 8.30, Will and Grace with the episode Fred Astaire and Ginger Chicken. Uh, okay. Uh, And at nine, The Apprentice with The Price is Height. Uh, This week's episode had 19.2 million viewers uh, tuning in, directed by our very own Paul McCrane, uh, crawling out from under that burning helicopter uh, to direct the episode. Uh, His second of nine efforts as a director uh, last time we saw him uh, as a director was Next of Kin from last season. Uh, and written by David Zabel, doing his 11th out of 44, and previous ones of his from this season include Missing and Out of Africa. You
0: know, it's very progressive, of Warner Brothers, to allow a zombie to direct an episode of television. A, w- a right.
1: one-armed zombie.
0: One-armed exactly. zombie. Our previously on This Week, this is brought to us by Susan, and we're going to open with an audio clip here. Carrie and the intendings are in the lounge talking about the med students.
3: Kertzenstein, Lester.
4: <laughs> Lester. Lester, Lester, Lester. Very
5: polite. Mm,
3: he should try pathology. Yeah, that way his patients will
1: be dead before he gets to
3: them.
5: I heard he wants radiology anyway.
3: Second tier, Lockhart, Abby.
5: Very strong clinical skills.
3: Efficient when she needs to be.
4: Those where to you spend her time.
3: The only person who's not sure about Abby is Abby. Does she want emergency medicine?
4: As much as she wants anything.
3: All right, rank to match. Risco Ternita.
4: Intelligent, very sweet. Studious. Studious? She's the smart, smartest one on the floor.
3: Come on.
2: She could be more assertive.
3: She has a tendency to hang back, avoid getting
1: into traumas.
4: She's cautious. It's good.
1: She's not ER. She'll be a star in internal medicine or research, something using your intellect. But she's not an ER dog.
4: Uh, since when did intellect become a liability to working in the ER?
3: There was a memo while you were in Africa.
4: <laughs> so I think she's excellent. She basically saved Frank's life. She's thoughtful, yeah, but she's deliberate. Is that code for passive and slow? She's a student. She's gonna get faster.
3: Yeah, and in four months,
4: she'll be a doctor. I say ranked to match.
3: That's not the consensus.
4: Consensus is wrong.
3: Okay. The NRMP list didn't have to go right away. Carter, change her minds.
1: Do you guys know why it's Carter that's sticking up for her? Because I don't remember he and Neela having any particular interactions. Oh, they, yeah, this, can...
2: the, the whole episode is uh, them taking uh, tiny little morsels of background stuff from Neela and it, pretending like they've mattered the whole time. Like, between this and the Galant stuff, like, this is just them going, like, Oh, yeah, that thing we mentioned once. Yeah, that's actually, actually really important for this episode. Gotcha.
0: I mean, he, maybe he just noticed the most out of all of them.
2: What I mean, yeah. capable of. he's not he's not entirely wrong i mean out of the current group of you know med students abby aside which you know they they do do a nice like little look between carter and uh mm-hmm. luca when abby's brought up um but yeah like it's it, it i'm not saying it doesn't make sense for him to advocate on Neela's behalf they do just sort of pretend to the point where a, a listener pointed out in their response i can't remember if i grabbed it or not i don't think i did um but to the point where some they describe it in the episode description as uh, Carter's protege mm-hmm. which it's like I don't think she's ever been that, and I don't know that she ever will be. you know it's I mean spiritually in the sense of you know her place in the show, sure i'll I'll buy that, but like in terms of storylines, no,
0: never. She's only one person's protege, thank you very much, and that's DeBanco.
2: right. Well, we'll get there when we get there. Uh, I do like her as a surgeon,
1: so I, I do too. But then uh, we learn Carter is on a plane to Africa later tonight. Uh, Susan's been working for 14 hours. Uh, Chuck mentions that he has sympathy pregnancy when she meets him out in the parking lot. Um, they go to they go to Ike's to grab food. Uh, guy's kind of being a creep on Susan. And Chuck confronts the guy and punches him in the face. This... And yeah, this guy's like, oh, be- uh, pregnant women are the most beautiful in the world. There's nothing better than making love to a fertile mm-hmm. pregnant woman
0: yeah this is this is just creeper the episode
2: yeah they really do lay that on kind of thick uh the the creeper back backstories uh or side stories uh the first creep that we meet here uh is the more recognizable of the two uh played by actor peter jacobson doesn't get a name Woo! he's he's just creep yeah I, his, that's all uh, i
0: refer to him as is creep throughout yeah. the notes oh yeah i did the notes this week by the way folks so this sh-
2: should be interesting uh, but it's a
1: miracle fr- I'm even here. Go ahead. Our our, our first
2: creep, Peter Jacobson, uh, and uh, he has appeared in stuff like Ray Donovan, Colony, and uh, probably what you know him best from the TV series House. Uh, and he has an even 100 credits to his name.
1: What a nice round number. Uh, with if, that I was being,
2: him, I, if I was him, I wouldn't simply not act anymore. <laughs> Just have them, uh, keep that. I have I have achieved <laughs> I have achieved peak character actor. Oh, hey, it's that guy status, and I'm going to retire now.
1: Yep. Uh, so after Chuck decks the dude, we then go in with bangs.
0: Yeah. Uh, and then we get back to the ER. The creep is saying he's going he called the cops and is going to sue. And he's arguing with Susan. Uh, we find out it's Alex's birthday this weekend. And Carter lets Neela know about the meeting vibes and encourages her to be more assertive today. Basically saying, no, today you're a doctor. You're going to carry a minimum patient load of three, a uh, minimum of three patients. And report back to me after you've put your diagnostic plans plans in action,
2: yeah, and Lauren pointed out a really good uh, or, or not good but like a a funny little moment in that scene where Carter is you know telling giving Neela her orders he's writing uh going to write something on the uh the call board and he has to erase what's there in the first place, and clearly whoever wrote that on there originally wrote it in permanent marker <laughs> or or at least marker that wasn't very easy to erase. And so you can see this moment where Noah Wiley, I'm assuming this is more of a Noah Wiley than a Carter thing, like Noah Wiley takes the the eraser, goes to start erasing. It doesn't erase, and this clearly kind of annoys him or at least takes him, catches him off guard, and he starts scrubbing it really vigorously, and then I think he realizes that it's making it more obvious the harder he's doing it, and so he kind of just gives up and he stops. But it's one of those things that, like, if you're not – if you're more focused on the dialogue, you're not gonna look at it, but as soon as you're you start looking at his hands, you realize, oh, he's actually kind of like annoyed at this, and he's really put off by it, so yeah, I just wanted to give Thank give Lauren, give Lauren credit. credit yeah uh but yeah, in any event, uh keeping with the theme of the episode, Pratt's being a creep too, uh telling uh Galant as he's uh discharging or, or handing over his patients tells Gallant not to do a tube, uh, which is an acronym for a Totally Unnecessary Breast Exam, which is this... This is a thing that comes up more than once with... Yeah, because I
0: remember Carrie saying something about it. I wasn't sure if it, was this, it came back in the same episode or if it was yeah, a layer one.
2: I swear this is a thing that comes up again with Pratt at some point. Uh, but yeah, a Totally Unnecessary Breast Exam on a stripper with a broken toe. And Gallant is rightfully like, what is wrong with you? Like, he's yeah. just... Exactly. Uh, uh we're, he's, creep, good, good, creep count of two. Good little reminder that we're not. Pratt is not a fully formed character yet. We're not. Uh, we're not there yet. Uh, we f- see a woman coming in uh, to, or there's a woman who's waiting for Chen, uh, and we find out that it's the nurse that she's hired to work with her ailing father because her dad's basically a nightmare to take care of, uh, and he's being a real dick and a half. Uh, so she's, she's walking off the job. Uh, and our nurse here is played by uh, Lucia or Lucia. I can't remember exactly how they pronounce the name, uh, but she's played by actor uh, or actress Jeannie Sakata, who appears in stuff like Station Nineteen, NCIS Hawaii, and Magnum PI. All
0: right, I uh, got some more audio lined up here for you. Galant and Ila are talking out in the ambulance bay. I
1: don't like working on old people or children drunks.
5: What's with all the sick people? You're making such a drag. Listen, he's just motivating for the match rankings.
1: You know, maybe they're right. Maybe this job's just too fast for me, too unpredictable. It's a
5: big hospital, if the ER's not a good fit. Then
1: what? The NICU made me want to jump off the roof, Petes is filled with screaming brats and anxious parents, and OB-GYN's a lifetime of overnights and malpractice suits. I could go into research
3: or teaching, but is that really why I became a doctor?
5: I'm sorry. Were you talking to me? <laughs> Look, this this place is so up and down. I mean, you learn to ride through the rough days. I did. You were probably good from the start. You kidding me? I came in young, dumb, and scared. At least you, you're good with the
3: books. You really like it.
5: <sighs> I wouldn't stay if I did.
2: <sighs> yeah, they really decide to. uh crank up the volume on the Neela Gallant thing, which is, like, I'm not going to pretend that they've, like, never done anything with these two. Like, they, they pair them up almost immediately when Neela when joins the show. Um, but I really was surprised, or I have been surprised, to see how, other than a couple of little fleeting moments here and there, they've really kept them kind of apart. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now, all of a sudden, it's like, oh, well, you know, duh, like... Of course, they're they're got to do the romance dance, right? Yeah, and it's so like late in the game, like Golan is going to drop out of the main cast. Like, I think next episode or maybe at the very latest, the one after that. So it's like he's uh, not long for that. I mean, granted, it's Golan's in a a unique and special case when it comes to the cast. Like, I guess he's in that Susan category of like he's going to be there for a while and then he's going to drop out. But unlike Susan, he's not going to completely disappear and he's certainly not going to come back for a second go round as a main cast member. So he's going to like he's like a one and a half cast member where like he's going to drop off. He's going to make some occasional guest appearances infrequently over the next couple seasons. And then, of course, the this the unpleasantness. But yeah, so it's it just seems like an odd timing to be starting this when, you know, it really in earnest when it's like dude's gonna be gone from as a full-time guy in just a couple episodes
1: i can't believe he's gonna be gone that soon uh but then we get Luis sanchez an mva passenger with a broken leg this was a car accident with a nursing home um Mm -hmm.
0: bus bus. yeah yeah, there's an accident yeah
1: yep and so uh they're trying to figure out what pain meds they can give him but they don't have his medicine list Neela calls to get the uh information from the nursing home and the guy on the phone is an absolute jerk. She can't get on the phone with a nurse or a doctor or anybody to give her the proper documentation.
2: This will be a problem as we'll find out. Uh, Luis here is played by actor Kurt Caceres who, uh, appeared in stuff like prison break ghost whisperer and the shield. Uh, and in just a little bit of like from the connecting the dots department, uh, so Louis uh Luis is uh brought in in the ambulance bay here uh by uh Louis Liberati's character whose name escapes me Bardelli I think is the the character's name. Uh but he's brought in by the EMTs. Uh who of course as we've talked about before and and as a lot of you probably know we interviewed Louis and he was great and and one of the stories that he that really kind of like struck a chord just with us and and uh later with Paul McCrane... Um, was that he talked about working on an episode that Paul McCrane was directing and that he was struggling with a a certain scene and was really having a lot of trouble with uh, the dialogue that he was given. It was, you know, whatever. And that Paul McCrane did a really excellent job as the director of, like, calming him down, simplifying things, and making it possible for him to do his job and, and do the scene well. And the only real details that we got about that from him was that it was a scene in the ambulance bay that required a lot more of him than what he was used to and yada 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 whatever and so me being me I had to go and like connect the dots and see like you know what kind of overlap there was between Louis and Paul as actor and director and what I came up with is is there's uh only three episodes that Louis appears in as a character and that Paul McCrane is also directing which means that there's about a one in three chance that this was the exact scene that he was talking about uh in that little anecdote there so it remains to be seen if maybe we'll we'll get to one of those other two episodes uh, a little bit later. I feel like one was in season uh, eleven. I think it's in the next two seasons. I think one was season eleven, the other one was season twelve. Uh, so we'll we'll see if maybe there's another scene that strikes us as more of a a um, likely suspect for that anecdote. But one in three shot here.
1: Uh, Sam and Luca are trying to figure out what to do for Alex's birthday. Luca suggests paintball because, yeah, let's put a gun in Alex's hand. That'll be fine. (laughs) Uh, Luca gets pulled into another trauma with Carter. It's the driver from the accident. And another woman from the bus has pulled out her trach tube. And Neela assertively puts it back in. (laughs) Whew.
2: Boy, does she ever. (laughs) Uh, this woman's name is Lucy. We don't really do very much with this, uh, patient. She's kind of, uh, you know. Blink and you miss her, uh, but I did wanna did wanna make note of her because uh she is no longer with us. Uh played by actress Tony Sawyer, uh who appears in stuff like the thirteenth floor, NCIS, and criminal minds, and unfortunately did pass away just this past year in 2023.
0: Uh leg fracture guy is still in a ton of pain. Uh Neela has a discharge summary from the guy's last hospital visit, but it was from three weeks ago. Uh still nothing from the nursing home, so and Neela doesn't want to see the guy in pain for any longer than he has to be so she gives him the demerol.
2: yeah gives him demerol that she got from sam which was for another patient that yes uh, sorry forgot the, that detail yeah that she she gets it from sam it was for another patient uh neela determines that the other patient doesn't need the demerol, so she's like don't bother and then you can kind of like there there is a little bit of unspokenness in that in that exchange where you can kind of see the wheels turning on neela's head where she's like well I could probably sell this here. Just give me the de- So like, cause Sam offers to put it back into the, the med yeah. uh, lockup and she's like, no, I'll do it and takes it from her and then goes and pushes it. So, you know, it, it is that, it, that, that, that dichotomy with her, this episode where like, she does make this one really critical, really fatal mistake, but also she, her instincts end up being correct about the other end.
1: Yeah. Cause she can't do the morphine. Cause he got sick last time he was there for morphine.
2: Right. Yeah. So, um, but then we go back and check on Chuck and Susan. Chuck's apologizing uh, to the uh, creep. so they they you know they, they go back and forth with the creep a couple times. Uh, but one of the the things is like, well, you should apologize to him. Maybe that'll help smooth this over. So he goes to apologize, uh, but it ends up turning into a brawl. So it, it, it <laughs> just ends up getting worse. Uh, Kick his ass, Donald look. More on that in a bit uh carter gives neela two more patients to look after looks very proud of her like he he it, it almost makes me this episode almost makes me yearn for a more developed uh carter neela protege mentor protege arc you know kind of a fully maybe a fully m- more fully realized carter lucy thing with with a few more years of experience you know and a few more years of maturity like i just i don't know i i, I is he more mature though well, let's uh, be real. In terms of linear time, like he's, you know, he's he's more aged. Let's put it that way. But like, and he's, and uh, we would hope that he's not trying to, you know, bang her. You know, that would that would also no, be, no, no, no,
0: no. There's never any vibes of that from Carter's advocacy for her this episode. Thank right, thank God.
2: So you know, like I, I, I think I would just enjoy that, uh, getting to kind of revisit that dynamic again. Uh, yeah, she's not a white blonde, so not his type exactly no, not his type well established uh the creep is threatening to sue the hospital the fire department and the county itself Gets the the, the full trifecta there uh chuck refuses to apologize uh, so susan goes in to talk some sense into him I'm sure that's gonna go well Uh, we see Neela presenting to Carter on a few different patients here. Uh, Carter is just very, you can just tell is very proud at how well she's doing today. Uh, Like his, his little plan is just going so smoothly. Nothing could possibly go wrong to ruin it. Uh, There is a little like blink and you miss it. Uh, guy here that uh gives neela like some hey thanks for helping my family or whatever and it's very blink and you miss it the only reason i include it here is because the actor is the high watermark actor for this episode uh mr mr silvio who uh is played by actor richard tanner who appears in stuff like the prom spanners and the adams family and he has uh a high watermark of 119 credits to his name
0: okay uh we have our contractually obligated Lizzie Corday uh, appearance. And her and Abby are talking about her date with the surgeon and Abby wants all this all the sultry details, but Lizzie won't kiss and tell. Mm-hmm. Sure, it's not proper. Uh
2: yeah, I would argue it's a little bit little bit more of a than a what we've been getting for the contractually obligated Lizzie Corday appearance. She actually gets gets a couple of little nice moments in this episode, you know. At least or at least, you know, lets her freak flag fly. Like um <laughs> Uh, I'm here for that. Uh, but we get our next. She's getting stanky on <laughs> the hangdown. Next, ah! next, next patient, uh, Frederica Torres, uh, who injured her ankle during tennis practice, uh, and as she's being examined by, I believe, Luca and Sam, uh, yep. she she lets slip that uh, her and her teammates beat the crap out of this guy who keeps flashing the girls from over the fence during practice. So, creeps abound this week. Uh, and Federica here is played by actress Kristen Herrera, who appears in stuff like Freedom Writers, uh, Zoe One Hundred and One, and General Hospital.
0: That's an odd assortment, right? <laughs> it really is.
2: Just a, <laughs> it's a, a Disney Channel show, a soap opera, and we have stand and deliver at home. Beautiful. I had um, to watch. I had to watch Freedom Riders in high school English. It is. Yeah. um uh, it's not it good. Is, it's a
1: film. I haven't seen it.
2: It's a film that happened. Uh, it is one of the films of all time. I remember precisely zero things about it, other than Le- Hillary Swank is the star. Do I? Am I remembering right? Is Patrick Dempsey in that movie? Like I don't remember. I exactly. don't even know what movie
1: you guys are talking about. She so. plays
2: an English teacher, and they have to. Write oh, that stuff one. And, you know, whatever. It's fine. I would have rather watched the next Karate Kid.
1: Anyway. Uh, Louis is back from CT, but is crashing. He has super high temperature and blood pressure, and of course he's seizing because again, Lauren can't have nice things. Uh, Carter wants a full septic workup, and his med list finally came in. Whoops, he had a new uh, medication, which was an uh, antidepressant. Antidepressant, uh, Demerol, and the new medicine are deadly together, and Louis has serotonin syndrome. Guys, that's really fucking dangerous. That is not yeah, good. Yeah, do- dude.
0: Yeah, you do not fuck around with serotonin syndrome.
1: And then aforementioned creep from the beginning of the episode won't press charges because Susan is letting him hug her belly.
2: Hey. I mean I get it. I they gotta they gotta do what they gotta do, but I don't I don't love that guy getting what he wants. Yeah.
0: Uh we got a next patient, uh, George Deacons, uh claims to have gotten mugged and he's wearing a nice big trench coat and Oh, look, he's naked underneath the tre- trench coat. Go and He figure. claims his clothes were stolen. Uh, and hey, look, he's the flasher creep. Okay. Yeah, so many damn creeps in this episode.
2: Yeah, and he's got creep a creep count of three. Got a, got a nice big grill mark on the side of his face from the uh, tennis racket uh, that presumably the girls uh, beat him with. Uh, and George here is played by actor Patrick Kerr, who appears in stuff like Curb Your Enthusiasm, Domino, and multiple appearances on Frasier. So I'm wondering if Lauren uh, might recognize this gentleman. I did
1: recognize him. Thank- Once you said Frasier, I knew exactly who he was.
2: Yeah, it seems like he was something of a recurring character on Frasier. He was. Uh, he was absolutely. He's going to be a recurring character here because he's making his first of two appearances as Creeper George. Uh, uh. So- we'll be seeing him again. Uh, I don't think it's next week, but it's in the next couple of weeks. So Isn't
0: he like in the psych ward with the patient? Like I don't or know like that? I have no
2: idea. I just saw him like in two appearances. That. I think I want to say it's episode 20 that he returns in. So we'll we'll keep our eyes peeled for him. Uh, yes,
0: because Abby is on her psych rotation and he's part of the group therapy that she's leading.
2: Ah, well there you go. That that's a good use of a of a recurring bit. I I, I approve of that. Uh, but we go back to, uh, Carter and Neela doing a spinal tap on Luis. Uh, he chews her out for giving pain meds with an incomplete medical history. Uh, yeah, I think I would too. Uh, I mean, that's, uh, I don't know. It's just, that's not, that's so stupid. <laughs> um, Gallant in the room, uh, also in the room tries to, uh, take blame for the med issue. Uh, li- really, really living up to that last name there, Gallant. Uh, and so we'll, we'll circle back to this in a little bit. Uh, but for now we check in with the, uh, cops who want to talk to flasher guy. And just as, uh, just as they're like, Hey, uh, we want to talk to this guy about, you know, the girls from earlier. And just as they're saying all that, we see him uh, in the background trying to slip out, but the tennis team catches him and starts beating him up again. <laughs> Put in the whack- Like he deserves. Putting the wackety in wackety-schmackety. <laughs> <laughs> Rackety-schmackety, more like oh, it. Oh, back from the dead. Uh, we then <laughs> see uh, Carter. Uh, so oh. Carter's pissed at Gallant uh, for not writing the Demerol order uh, and has uh, Neela tube Luis. Uh, so this is just a just a shit fuck all the way around. Like, this is just everybody's. Everybody's upset with everybody. Everybody's fucking up. It's it's not great. Uh, we fu- <laughs> weird subplot that I keep forgetting about. Luca's in charge of like he's he's declared himself in charge of planning Alex's birthday party, uh, and he's apparently solved the uh, the entire problem, but is keeping his plans a secret. So more on that in a bit. Yeah.
0: And guess who's back? Becca again. Frank is back. Tell a uh, Daniel. Uh, <laughs> work on <laughs> work uh, on that rhyming scheme. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know whatever. It's a bitch. Shut up. Uh, he's been doing well in rehab, uh, and he's it feels like he's been he's healthier than he's been in quite a while. So, uh, good for him. He says he's gonna still be gonna be gone a while because it's a long rehab with his age and everything, and how severe the heart attack was and everything. Uh, but he still misses everyone, and he misses
2: County. No. Aww. It is nice because, like, he does—he does do that thing where he's like, "I want to say the nice thing, but my, my persona here doesn't allow me to say the nice thing." My right. gruff exterior, right? So, he, so do he's it. like, just like quick, very awkward wave, and then he's like, "All right, bye." Right. I do wish—not—not not that like this B storyline really matters all that much, but I do kind of wish they'd have like kept him away for longer than a week. Like, it has been—it yeah. has been one week since the man had, uh, you know massive heart attack in the er and then they're like oh hey we're gonna bring him back for the wave cameo it's also
0: just to also give to give you a reason hey this this guy won't be around for a hot minute
2: so true
1: yeah uh then we go over to a four-year-old with right lower quadrant pain uh dad called an ambulance because the kid is altered as well
2: yeah and our dad here is uh one of the more notable oh hey it's that guys this episode act played by actor rocky Carroll. Uh, who appeared in uh, the movie Yes Man and Crimson Tide and a very, very recurring role on the TV series NCIS. Like, Man was in, like, 190-some-odd episodes of that show. So I'm sure the NCIS fans know uh, Mr. Carroll here very well. Uh, but we will, uh, uh, we, we find out that his son has an enlarged spleen. Uh, they're suspecting it may be sickle cell anemia or some other kind of hereditary anemia. Uh, so more on this in a bit. Uh, But for now, we see Nila and Gallant uh, checking in with uh, or or talking with Luis's wife uh, and son. Uh, Gallant is explaining the whole concept of serotonin syndrome to the wife and how uh, 30 30 percent of people die from it. Uh, And uh, she takes a very optimistic approach. She's like, so that means 70 percent of people live. Right. And they're like, "Uh."
0: Yeah. I mean, yes, that's technically correct. That is
2: technically how percentages work. Yes, ma'am. Like, but, but 30% on the dead side is a much higher number than you would like. Uh, I forget what the other, like, thing is that she mentions that uh, she's like, oh, yeah, he had this before and it was not a big deal. But I, I can't for the life of me remember what it the, was. Uh, she,
1: she was talking about his reaction to the morphine.
2: Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The reaction to the morphine and that he was, like, nauseous for a bit. And then he was like, eh, it's fine. I'm over it. Not great. Uh, But we find out that uh, Luis uh, fell while doing roofing on an icy day. That's what kind of started this whole process, started this whole cycle uh, and led him to where he is today. Uh, And Neela goes to take blame for the Demerol incident. These motherfuckers cannot get their story straight. (laughs) Like they just keep arguing over who's to blame uh, for this. One moment, it's Neela. The next minute, it's Gallant. It's a whole thing.
0: Somehow it's also Luis's fault. Right. Um, Shouldn't have
2: been roofing in the first place, goddammit.
0: Right. Uh, we get a name for the four-year-old, uh, Tevin. Uh, he's doing a lot better, though, but he did test positive for sickle cell anemia. Uh, Dad insists that he does not have the gene and wants to be tested
2: again. I'm glad that we were able to confirm that the kid's name was Tevin, uh, that I didn't just imagine that, because that is this is totally inside baseball and, and will only be funny to... The two people I'm on mic with and maybe Jake if he listens to this episode, but Tevin is my pet name for whenever one of Lauren's co-workers screws up and she's complaining about it in the group chat. Is uh, it? I'm, oh yeah, I'm always like, oh you gotta take Tevin's credit card away? Like that's al- right. Tevin is always my go-to name for that. So I, when I heard that or when I thought I heard that for this kid's name, I was like <laughs> they've been reading my notes 20 years ago. Uh, but yeah. Love Tevin. Both the kid in this episode and the imaginary coworker that Lauren doesn't have, uh, we go from there uh, back to Luis, who is not doing well. He's crashing again. Uh, he's been sh- shocked several times. Try to say that five times fast. Don't do it. Whoever's going to start doing it, don't try to. Shock no, several don't. Times. Shocked several times. Uh, times. But no response. Yeah. Uh, he's he's down. I think they say he's been down for like forty-five minutes or something like that. Like it's it it's 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 done. It's not, I
0: think it's 42, but either way, whatever
2: it's not, hey, it's, you know, not, this is pedantic.
0: The podcast It's not so.
2: going well. It's not going to be going well. Neela seems to be the last person in the room to realize this. She's still like pumping away on his chest, uh, but he's gone. Uh, and so they call time of death and Neela of course starts to lose her shit. she's having a real one today. Having a real one. Uh, Go back to check in on Tevin, who definitely has sickle cell, uh, which, of course, you know, ipso facto means that uh, dad isn't actually dad. Uh, There's some genetic impossibilities happening here. Uh, But dad doesn't want to know. Credit kudos to this guy. He's like, he's still my son. I don't give a shit. Don't want to know. He mentions that uh, him and his wife had gone through a rough patch uh, right around... Uh, the time, or right around the age that Tevin is, uh, we were
1: on a break.
2: Right, it was we were on a break, but with sickle cell anemia, uh, and Oy. as they went through a rough patch, uh, and that she got pregnant right around the time they got back together, and that things have been fine ever since. And I respect this man's commitment to both this child, and I don't want to know. <laughs> like, yep, good boy. I am totally not interested in finding out any more information about this situation. Um, And then when we check in with Sam, who's worried about Alex's party, but Luca reassures her. I wonder what he's got up his sleeve. It's
0: all fine. It's fine. Anyway, uh, Carrie, Abby, Carter, Neela, and are discussing Luis's care. So let's listen in.
3: Was the medless current?
4: Carrie, I think we should stick to protocol. As the attending, I'd like to have a chance to review the case with my staff before we do
3: this. Was the medless current or not?
4: It was recent. It wasn't completely up to date.
3: And no one checked with the nursing home. I tried. You tried? Abby, why didn't you push the mint? I was called out of the room, but the result wouldn't have been any different. As the nurse, it's your responsibility to double-check allergies and interactions. I thought that had been done to the best of this anybody's ability. This is a case ability. of trying to
4: manage a patient's pain with incomplete information.
3: I suspect a jury isn't going to see it that way. Who made the decision? I did. You did. So now we let medical students push pain meds without any supervision. No, that's
4: not what happened. I was with the critical care patient. Neela did exactly what I Actually, told her to. She's just trying to protect I was... me. You
3: don't need a few minutes to get your story straight. What does it say on the chart?
5: Exactly what I've been saying. I ordered up the drug and Nila pushed it.
3: And is that accurate?
4: Like I said, I wasn't in the room.
3: Simple question. Is it accurate? As far as I know, yes. A young man comes in here and dies of a lethal drug reaction that could have been prevented with one phone call. Next time, why don't
2: we just send a blank check to the family's attorney? I re- I realize that it's not a perfect one one for one comparison because there's four of them in the room and not three, but it's, this does this whole scene kind of reminds me of that uh, uh, McGonagall meme where it's like, yes. why why is it when there's always a problem, it's always you three? Like, yeah, it's, yes. <laughs> it's kind.
0: <laughs> I mean, you could just discount Abby, and then yeah,
2: that's true. That's true. Although I don't know, Abby usually seems to find herself right squarely in the middle of scene. Yeah, ship. but this
0: time she was she was simply. Simply a simply a
2: bystander. But. Exactly. Oh yeah. Uh,
0: I mean, yeah, it's an easy layup of a lawsuit once you find out exactly what, wh- oh, yeah. what happened. This is
2: this is a hundred percent uh if this were not fiction, this would be um like this would be the kind of thing I think that would get the hospital shut down. <laughs> like if it, yeah, if, the, like if this were it not, would finished.
0: bankrupt the hospital with right. how big the lawsuit would be. This is
2: such a fucking layup. Like this should not. This should not only end Neela's career. It should probably also end Carter's and maybe, maybe and Gary's. probably
0: Galantz because he's trying to take the blame for right. it. Right.
2: Like there's there should be so much collateral damage from this, and I'm fairly certain. I'm sure someone will correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm fairly certain that this ultimately just kind of goes away. It should be a much bigger deal, just
0: like every other gross malpractice <laughs> right. thing that happens in this
2: show. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, but yeah, get your story. I, I do like Carrie, though. Do you need? Do you guys need some time to get your story straight? Um. Weird early season type tonal shift here, from where we go from that to uh, having to check in to Luca bringing a whole ass Winnebago into the uh, the ambulance bay
1: with a with boat hitch.
2: Yeah, with a boat with hitched. a boat <laughs> hitch to it. Uh, are uh, Chicago desk? Are there places that you could just go rent an RV in in Chicago well, on a whim? Sounded, Probably in the it, suburbs. It sounded but... like
1: he had called and had it arranged, so like somebody drove it to the thing. Yeah, to the hospital, I'm sure that so... you can
0: totally get this in the northern suburbs, like up towards the Wisconsin border oh, where yeah. it's more foresty and outdoorsy. Sure,
2: if you're going real deal camping. I mean, I know in when we lived in Alaska and Anchorage, there were just places in town where you could go and rent an RV. Just, you know, almost like going to U-Haul. Like, you could just pull into this place and, and roll off the lot in a whole ass RV uh, that wasn't yours. Just wild but the the idea it's such a fucking goofy visual it's, yeah with wait
0: with no like driver's license thing or like no like oh yeah no CDL or driving anything like that yeah driving test or anything nope. or? just
2: sign the paperwork and off you go <laughs> got to love it got to love capitalism right got to love it um yeah so uh, this is one of those things like I said it's kind of an early season tonal shift but it's also kind of a it feels a little bit like an early season gag too like uh, not so much for one of the doctors. I feel like this is a little too wackety schmackety for the doctors, but it does feel like something Jerry might have done at one point. You know, feels like something that. Well, like Sam also says, "Oh, how are you going to back this thing out?" Yeah, you do get a really, a really good uh, kind of "oh shit" face from Luca when he, <laughs> when he realizes he's going to have to back this whole thing. Those things are not easy to drive, and I'm, an, I'm imagining that in 2004, your standard issue rental RV did not come equipped with a backup camera. So like you're going to need, Oh no, absolutely not. And again, the boat hitched too. Right. So you're going to have to have somebody like backing you out, like ground guiding you out of this very tiny, very narrow, uh, ambulance bay. (sighs) Ah, my nightmare. Good luck with that. Jen loves driving big vehicles. Like, she loves driving. Of course she does. She, well, because she drove an ambulance for years. So, like, she's very comfortable behind the wheel of a large vehicle. She loves driving the biggest fucking U-Haul truck. She loves driving uh, an RV. Like, any anything that is, like, really, really big that gives me anxiety just looking at it, she's into driving. So, big S R V RV road trip one? Look, we we tried that. That's how this. That's how this. That's how this whole thing got started was because we tried that, uh, and, and it. I blame the corn it beef. It blew up in my face. Uh, yeah. So, uh, but we go from there. Lizzie is going out with the uh, teacher tonight, uh, and she's worried that it's a little bit slutty to see two men in two nights. Uh, and she makes a commitment. I- she makes a very strong <laughs> verbal commitment, both to I believe Abby and herself. When yeah, she goes, I just won't sleep. With I him. just won't sleep with him. Which, okay, we'll see how that goes for you. Yeah, sure about that there.
0: Anyway, uh, let's go to our next audio clip here. Neela is talking with Carter about her future. Did you start that banana bag on Vern three times? He keeps going
4: off to the bathroom and coming back drunk. I think I should delete emergency medicine from my match list. One mistake, and I pushed you too hard. No,
3: what they said about me in your meeting was all true.
4: Look, you're a talented doctor, and you did a lot of good things on the shift today.
3: Nothing I did on this shift can convince me or anyone else that I belong here.
4: Well, yesterday you were a little too cautious. Today you were a little too reckless. Somewhere in the middle is the way to practice emergency medicine.
5: I just want you to know, I shouldn't have left you alone with the patient until he was stable. It's my fault.
3: What you
1: did was the sweetest, dumbest thing anyone has ever done for me.
5: Well, something like this could have derailed your career. Worst that'll happen to me is discipline, counseling. I'll be alright.
3: You don't look all right.
5: Seems kind of silly now, but out in the bay this morning, I was, uh, was thinking about asking you out.
3: I was thinking of saying yes. Leela, I have the sephoxetan for Mr. Martin. I just need the extension tubing.
5: You okay? I'm fine. I'll
4: take care of
1: it. Let me help you find it. I said I can do it. Okay.
5: I wanted
0: to get the get the musical cue, but that's but no, but I'll but Neela was crying through the rest of it, and that <laughs> yeah, made for we don't need, bad audio. Don't need those. Uh, it's the it's the it's the hey, Lizzie's realizing. She's moving, she's moving past Mark a little bit, type right? thing. Uh, like the, uh. When she's talking to that guy and, uh, what's it? Oh, shit, what was, the, what's the name of the episode? The Snowy episode in this season? Um. Or last season?
2: First Snowfall? Or. First Snowfall, yeah. yeah. I was gonna say, that is reused music, right? Like, that is. The, oh, absolutely. It's one of my favorite pieces of music yeah, in the entire show. It is, it's a good so. one, yeah. That's, the, I I sort of associate that as the, that's the Mark music, kind of, but. Um, yeah. Um. So it is kind of, it works for this. I just, because it's so heavily associated with the other thing, like it, it, know, it, whenever, it's like sort of like the Force music in uh, in Star Wars. Like, it's like, yeah, that's so heavily associated with this other thing that if you tried to apply it for something else, is it still good music? Yeah, but it doesn't really fit with this moment. You know, like, I kind of wish you'd... It's know.
0: like Duel of the Fates in Phantom Menace and then Duel of the Fates in Attack of the Clones. Yeah,
2: like it's... it's Little yeah. little bit off. This this doesn't belong here, um, and I like I do like Carter's uh, sentiment to Neela at the beginning of that clip where he's like, "Today you were too reckless. Yesterday you were too you know tentative or whatever whatever he says." Um, I like the the substance of it, but it is tempered slightly by like, "Yeah, but she." killed a guy like in a very preventable way she killed a guy yeah, of she him. literally killed a guy <laughs> like, literally killed a man who should still be alive and it's like well you know you'll get him tomorrow kid kind of thing like a little, <laughs> little bit of a empty platitude there and yes i i'm i'm still i'm still fully on board with the the neila gallant pairing i'm just you know i'm gonna echo what aaron's gonna say much more eloquently in his er- the listener response that i just wish they'd have taken the time to do this sooner or at least lay more groundwork for it like because it it feels
0: like it's it does come up kind of come out of left field a little bit or like it goes from like first to home yeah too quickly it really
2: and it really feels to me like they forgot about it it really feels to me like they set a a, like a a bookmark and they were like okay we want to we want to put a pin here, and we definitely want to do something with this, and we'll figure it out as we go along. And then 18 episodes went by, and they were like, shit, we haven't done anything with that thing yet. Ah, fuck it, just go to the end. Like, just, you know, just shortcut all the way to the end. And it's like, oh, okay, you know, I'm not mad about it. I'm still on board with this pairing, but I just wish you had let it, you know, let it breathe a little bit. Let it, Let us get there organically.
1: So then uh, we see Lizzie is on her date with the teacher, and they finish dinner, and she's super awkward and starts panicking and, like, picking up her stuff to go to rush to leave. And she's like, I really should go. I've got to go. Okay, bye. And then they're in the room where her coat is, and she jumps the dude and just absolutely jumps his bones, to which Lizzie says, hot.
2: I'm happy for her. Yeah. Yeah. about, About time Lizzie got some, for real.
0: Get you some. All right, now uh, let's go to our last audio clip here. Carter and Galant are in the ambulance bay.
4: You know why I backed you up in there? Because if we renew the truth, you'd be done.
5: <clears throat> I know you went out on a limb for me, but. I could just say I got confused. You could have.
4: Until you falsified the chart. But as a felony.
5: Then I gotta go tear it up. It's too late. Why? 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 It's just it's just one entry on an otherwise blank order sheet. Okay, nobody's gonna even know it's missing. We can go talk to Weaver again. It's, it's getting... too late. It's already up in legal. You know you guys, you guys, you guys sit up there. And you decide who's going to go and who's going to stay. I mean, why did you have to push her? Why did you have to push her? The only reason she screwed up is because you scared her into thinking she wasn't good enough. She wasn't cutting it.
4: We're talking about you now, Mom.
5: I wasn't thinking. About. I'm sorry.
0: Yeah. Me too. You done fucked up Michael Glant MD.
2: Yeah. And again, once again, I'm I'm back to where I was earlier in the episode where I'm annoyed that we're going to be kind of demoting him to guest star status, which, to be fair to the writers, is 100 percent his call. Like Sharif Adkins is, is leaving to take what he thinks is a better opportunity uh, on a different show that's ultimately not going to work out for him. Uh, so it's, it's a risky take. Yeah, it's a risky take, you know, and, and I, I applaud his, you know, wanting to to advocate on his own behalf and, and, you know, reach for something bigger. So I totally, I don't fault him for trying. It's just a, it's a shame that it's going to come at the expense of what is kind of becoming the most interesting parts of the Galant character at this time. Like, because I think they take kind of the easy way out with Galant when he uh, goes to to being uh, just a guest star. That he he really does just become kind of like a martyr character and a martyr and it, it's 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 a shorthand for them to make a statement about the Iraq War, and there was so much more I felt like to explore with the character and so much more that we could have done and these little glimpses that you're seeing in this episode are are some of that, um, and most of it I feel like is going to go unexplored or at least underexplored, uh, and it's a shame. Because I feel like there's a, a a much better, much more complete story to be told with him instead of just kind of writing him off, literally. Yeah,
0: right. It it feels, I'm my, this this watch through is definitely changing my perspective on Gallant as a character.
2: Yeah, he like, really isn't.
0: So much of his stuff I love, mm-hmm. but then I'm like, wait, do we get he like through his own choice? But he the character gets kind of cut off at the knees here. Yeah
2: and i think if and, you were it's just like there's so
0: much more potential if you, here ah! if,
2: if you were grading on a scale i think his character would get like an incomplete like i don't think you can i don't yeah. think you can even say oh this is a bad character this is badly written or this is they ruined this character and so therefore it's a, a lower grade i don't think there is enough substance to be able to grade on I think it would be the and and he may hold kind of a unique place in the canon of the show of like he may be the only character that I would consider to be incomplete where like didn't get it maybe Lucy falls a little bit into that category as well but Lucy at least got the chance to go out in a blaze of glory whereas Gallant is just gonna sort of fade into the background and when he does get his big moment it's again it's 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 to make a point it's it's less about the character it's less about finishing the character story and doing things in service of the character it's about making a point about what's happening in the real world
0: yeah like i think i would have less i would have much less issue if with it if if the way he goes out was then followed by like an army trauma scene and like seeing a bunch of like the army docs trying to trying to unsuccessfully trying to i'm get him I'm back. Gonna do
2: the thing that i shouldn't do and uh that i should learn better from uh and not fantasy book uh but i think in my opinion i would have because by the time they go to I, I don't and aaron probably knows this better than i do because he's all tapped into the the timelines of the comings and goings but like i would hope that by the time they finally write him out for good his other opportunity type stuff would have been more solidified and we would have he would have had a better idea of whether or not that show that he was leaving for was going to matter and was going to go. Um, yeah. I think I would have, I would have had like done the Ray thing with him. Like I would have had him come back wounded. Like I wouldn't have, I yeah. wouldn't have done, I wouldn't have gone all the way. You know, I would have had him come back wounded. I would have had him come back changed and I would have liked to have seen them explore that I aspect of it a little bit more because at least then we get to kinda have our cake and eat it too. Like we can still make yeah, we can still make points about the the horrors of war and and what all the atrocity and everything that's that's happening at the time, but we can also still get the full breadth and experience of this character and and really see it through.
0: And you can still have Neela do her whole anti war.
2: Right. Stuff and the, that and she
0: got her little whole her little anti-war crusade that she goes on at the end of season 12 somewhere I
2: think? in there yeah and, and you don't even have to have them have their happily ever after you can still split them up he could come back from iraq a changed man like he can come back and be a completely different person and it can re- i mean because no short shrift to sharif Atkins. he's a good actor and like I, th- i think yeah. he would have been able to pull off this guy who had been like changed by war and stuff and like i just feel like there was a a big, big missed opportunity there. I mean, we're getting way ahead of ourselves here because, like, there's there's a lot still to come, both with that dynamic and uh, and with the character. But but we are getting ready to say goodbye to him as a full time character, so that it. And we got a half baked marriage to get right. To. We got a we got, we got a shotgun wedding to get through. Uh, and so we end the episode with Neela crying in the exposition closet and then collecting herself and getting back to work. An overall totally fine episode that that does feel slightly uneven at points.
0: Yeah. I think I'm just like looking into the first listener response and I'm definitely agree with them a good episode, but I don't know what keeps it from becoming a great one for me. I think knowing that there's very little consequence at all from this episode is Mm -hmm. what taints it for me. Like if there was like, if you could have used this as like a watershed moment of like changing some characters trajectories and like, having them like fight back to get back to being doctors or whatever whatever you want to do. I feel like there's a massive missed opportunity here to do a bigger story about the legal ramifications of something like right, this. Right. Yeah,
2: if you were going to turn this into something of an arc, have a have a bit of a through line that that carries through a couple episodes, I think that would have been more satisfying. I also feel like I could have done As as, as good as the little gag is at the end, like, I also don't feel like I really need the whole Alex's birthday subplot, Uh, you know, like, because at least I will say at least the perv thing, as weird as it is and on paper as unpleasant as it seems like it would be, they actually managed to thread the needle pretty well on that. Like, they they managed to, to do okay with that, that I'm not upset about it. Um, but the the that's more f- humor by absurdity. Yeah, the but the Alex's birthday stuff. It's like, yeah, is it kind of cute? Is it kind of like eh, whatever? Sure, but I don't necessarily need it. So, I don't know. Should we get into the the, the listener responses? What do the listeners yeah have to? Do you say? have a number that
0: you want to put on it.
2: Um. I think the highest I could possibly go would be 7, and I think that's on its best day. I think probably most yeah. days, I think it's probably closer to six five.
0: I would give it more like 7, 7.5 for me, yeah. personally. But... Anyway, uh, Daniel, what do the listeners have to say about uh, at it? At
2: username 11, The Student. A good episode, but I don't know what keeps it from becoming a great episode for me. I feel for Neela here, but I also think the aftermath in the next episode is better. Something to look forward to for next week. I don't remember what happens. Uh, as for Gallant, oh, Gallant. Again, it's hard to talk about his actions here without getting ahead of myself, but let me just say the look of realization that washes over his face when Carter tells him he committed a felony – Might be Sharif Atkins' best acting moment on the show so far. While I don't agree with what he did, I think his training as a soldier conditioned him to have to save, air quotes, without thinking, and it's only then that he realized the potential negative consequences of his decision. As for perv day in the ER, is it wrong how amused I was by it? It's weird, but I think they somehow managed to thread the needle here. Lewis seething at Chuck while allowing the guy to feel her belly is golden, as is the high school girls beating up the tennis creep. This lighter through line feels like an early season throwback, and I'm not mad about it. Luca gets some good moments with it, too, and Luca and the Perves would be a killer name for a band. Yes, it would. Uh, <laughs> at Simply Swooning says, this episode is one of those where it feels like a mixture of the elements of 90s and 2000s ER. It's a funny if disturbing B-plot, a dramatic, heartbreaking main storyline, and just damn good acting. From attending, sizing up the students, to the pervs running amok, everything here is good. But I think the parts are greater than the whole. And altogether, there is something disjointed. I think that the lighter elements are too light and almost take you too far out of the main story. Like, I'm sorry I don't give a damn about Alex the future axe murderer's birthday. I would much rather hear about Chen's dad. Yes, thank you. That's the point I was trying to make. That I, If you sub out the the Alex birthday subplot and you give me a little bit more Chen's dad... I think I'd be good here. And I also feel like six and a half was too harsh. I feel like seven is probably the better the 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 better sweet spot for me. Uh, but simply so goes on to say the perverts probably should have been the only humorous thing and maybe have everyone working on less serious cases. Of course, I feel this whole thing is a disservice to Gallant. I know there were issues with the actor, but I feel like there could have been something more. I don't know quite what it is. It's circling great, but doesn't quite land there. And last but certainly not least, at the full time dad says this episode represents absolutely one of my favorite things on the show, but also an infinitely missed opportunity by the writers. I love G- Anila and Gallant as a pairing. I've been outspoken about this, but man, you're telling me you couldn't start laying these tracks a little more in earnest during season 10. I mean, it wasn't like you had a ton going on with Gallant, who's been a virtual afterthought, save for the storyline with his sister. Uh, We had a little tease of their chemistry back in episode one and a cute little dance during episode nine. But we go from those moments to him nearly throwing away his entire career in an almost too on point to his surname act uh, and asking her out on his penultimate episode as a cast regular. It's one of the reasons when they show montages of Neela and Michael, they show the same four clips repeatedly. They deserved a much more thorough story, especially Michael. With that said, I still love the, the idea of the two of them together and that I would have asked you out scene is iconic. Uh, I also love that Carter stood up for Neela despite being dead wrong. Let's face it, for as book smart as she is, she's missing some critical qualities of an ER doctor, namely assertiveness. And as we learn in later seasons, a penchant to cut first and ask questions later. But Carter stood 10 toes down and tried to give her some guidance and didn't denigrate her when she was uh, when she made that fatal error. He was equally good with Gallant when he told him that the reason he backed his story to Weaver and did it in a firm yet compassionate fashion. On balance, it's a first-rate, post-sweeps episode in a place in the season where ER typically dips a bit. See, bygones, sticks and stones, viable options, tribes, etc. With moments of humor, Uh, Peter Jacobson is one of my favorite character actors and he plays the perv role a little too well. And the flasher, who stays with us longer than you think. Uh, melancholy, pacing, and parallelism, Neela crushing it, and then Neela getting crushed, Uh, and one of the few truly cute moments between Sam and Luca. I crack up when Sam asks Luca how he's going to get the camper out, and Luca gives that oh shit look. Uh, The one storyline I felt didn't fit was the sickle cell patient. Though it was well acted by Rocky Carroll, who doesn't get the credit he deserves as a comedic character actor, I still feel like it just didn't fit into all that was taking place on that day. And as usual, Aaron, you are... uh Concise, well thought out uh, and totally changed my opinion on a few things in there. So I, I am now fully on board with Lizzie in the seven and a half range. Like you've talked me into a lot of elements of this episode. So. Talked you into an extra right, point. Talked me into an extra half a point.
0: There we go. All right, but that's going to wrap up our episode for today. Thank y'all very much for listening. As always, this show is brought to you in part by our patrons over at patreon.com slash tone podcast, where for the low price of only $5 a month, you can get an assortment of stickers, including one featuring our favorite desk clerk, Jerry, and over 75 hours of bonus audio and video content, including the full season recap episodes, a free four-monthly bonus show called The Lounge, movie reviews where we talk about a movie featuring an ER cast member, and character retrospectives where we reflect on departed main cast members. We'd also appreciate it if you would follow us on our social media accounts. We are on Facebook at facebook.com slash Podcast, and we are at say the tone Podcast on Instagram. Also, be sure to check out the official Titan Tone community on Facebook. Our theme music is provided to us by Andrew M. Edwards and Daniel. Where can folks find
2: you at? They can find me on Instagram at dan.u. That is y-o-u They can also find me on my other podcast, The Popular Court, with my co-host Jake Terrell, where we do a different pop culture topic each episode and put it through a little mock trial.
0: Uh, and you can find me on Twitter still. I'm on the sinking ship still. <laughs> I'm at Random Gamer. That's G-A-M-3-R. Uh, thanks again to everyone very much for listening. Please join us again next time. Have a great week.